What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Tuesday, March 16th, 2021. Thank you very much for tuning in today. There is a spring training game that I want to talk about. Some interesting performances yesterday, including another outing by Matt Boyd and Matt Manning. Dueling Matts, though I guess technically they're on the same team, so they're not exactly dueling. That's beside the point. There, there are a few programming notes real quick before we jump into the thick of things. First off, I want to thank Scott Bentley, who was on yesterday as a guest. I finally got Zoom figured out, so I'm going to be having more guests on in the future. I don't know about in-season because there's so many games going on, and I can fill entire shows just talking about the games themselves, but I definitely want to have more guests. I, I was really happy with how the Foolish Baseball interview turned out. I was really happy with how my conversation with Scott turned out, so... Going forward, you're going to hear more of those. I don't know when it's going to be, and I don't even know if I've told him this. At some point, Scott and I are going to collaborate on something, and I don't know when that's going to be. I have no timetable for that, but I think we bounce off each other really well. I knew the guy. Ironically, we met when I was at Central Michigan back in 2017 before any of this happened, and we've we've since reconnected, and uh, yeah, he's a great guy to talk to, really good baseball mind, so at some point, we'll probably do something together. I appreciated him being on, and secondly, and this is another programming note here, pretty soon, we are going to be doing shows on Locker Room. Now, for people who don't know what Locker Room is, Locker Room is a very popular growing app on your iOS device. I do not believe it's on Android. I believe it's only on iPhones and Apple devices that you can download to your phone, which will essentially allow you, the listeners, to interact with me. I think once I figure things out, I'm going to be doing these most likely on Wednesdays, I think. Well, that's to be decided. There's still a little bit of sorting out that we have to do. But essentially what's going to happen is I'm going to put the link out there. We'll do it during the season. We'll do it before the season starts, hopefully as well. And I'm going to put the word out there. And all of you will be able to come into the locker room session and chat with me. I will probably record those sessions and then upload them as podcasts. You know, if they're not great, or if I can only use part of them, then only part of them will be uploaded as podcasts. But I think it's a really cool opportunity to allow uh, me to start interacting with all of you, the listeners. I, again, I don't know how this is going to work out. We still have some a few details to sort out. Uh, there's something kind of going on with, with my login right now that's a little bit troubling, but we're going to fix all that. And when that does happen, we're going to be doing locker room sessions once a week. And I'm really looking forward to interacting with all of you. You'll be able to speak with me, ask questions. Should be really fun. So I appreciate all of you doing that and sticking with me. Let's get on to the rest of the show. A spring training game went down yesterday. The Tigers lost to the Toronto Blue Jays. The final score was 4 to nothing. Not a whole lot going offensively. Obviously, the team only mustered four hits. Hunjin Ryu pitched four innings for the Blue Jays. That's a really great signing, it's looking like. I mean, I was kind of skeptical about it. You know, the guy had that one transcendent season, finished second for the Cy Young in 2019. He's picked up where he left off. He's been really, really good for them. From Tiger's standpoint, like I said, not much to report on. Offensively, though, Riley Green as a substitute went one for one, and Nomar Mazzara, who started in right field, went two for two. Story here was the pitching. Matt Boyd pitched for the Tigers four innings. Three hits, two runs, only one of them earned with one walk. 
and four strikeouts. Look, Matt Boyd's been the king of spring training over the last several years. He has. Like, we've we've talked about him ad nauseum, and I, I could do it again, but I'm just kind of tired of it. Like, he, look, it ultimately, yes, he looks really good. The guy, he looks sharp. The stuff is there. He doesn't have overwhelming stuff, but, like, he trusts his stuff enough that, like, he can do a fair amount with it. You know he's capable of striking out 200 batters in the season, which he did a couple years ago. His problem is going to be consistency and avoiding the home run ball. I really, and I'll have to double check and I should do a little bit more research, but I wonder like what his ERA might have been if only if those home runs that he gave up last year would have just been doubles. Now, obviously, you don't want to give up hits in any capacity, but I was looking at the, the batted ball or the pitch data the other day and like it's not it's not great. But it's not reflective of a pitcher who had like a seven something ERA, which makes me think that there's something they can work with here. I, I have said many times, and as frustrated as I was with Matt Boyd last season, and, and you heard me and Scott talk about it yesterday about how we just think it's so ridiculous that the Tigers did not trade him when they should have. I don't believe his performance last year was a reflection of the kind of pitcher he actually is. I think this year he'll kind of revert back to where he was in 2019, which is a pitcher who's not incapable of pitching good baseball, but not a great pitcher either. A guy capable of giving you innings and, and racking up a fair amount of strikeouts, but will struggle with inconsistency. Matt Manning pitched two innings, three hits, zero runs, one walk, and two strikeouts. Brought out the slider a little bit more. That was something that was frustrating me in his last outing that, you know, we're, he, we're this deep into his kind of development and he seems mainly comfortable with the fastball curveball mix and only the fastball curveball mix. But he's mixed in sliders. I think might have even thrown a few changeups as well. Stuff was dynamic as ever. You know, yanking a few fastballs, a few command issues, did get behind in some counts and give up some hard contact. But look, Matt Manning's going to be here soon. He's going to be here really soon. I. I wonder if not for service time manipulation, if he would start the team, start the season on the opening day roster. I still lean towards no, but with the potential ability to manipulate service time, he's definitely not not going to start the year on the major league team. And you know what, I I go back and forth with that. But if it only means him, you know, missing a month and then getting called up, so be it. I think at some point somebody's going to get injured, and he'll be called up to hopefully fill a role. And if he takes the that job by the reins, then hopefully he'll be starting here not just this year, but going forward. For for the next several years. The last performance that I want to talk about was another pitching performance. Franklin Perez, obviously acquired in the Justin Verlander deal. We know all about this. Two-thirds of an inning, two hits, two runs, one walk. He did have both his outs be strikeouts yesterday. Oh, man, it was uh, kind of sad watching him pitch. And, and my, my heart does break for the guy because it's not it's not his fault he's gotten injured. It's not like he hasn't taken care of himself. It's just the, the bad luck that comes with being a, a professional baseball pitcher. But, man, the fastball was, I'm not even kidding you, the fastball, I think, peaked around 90. I mean, I'd heard a lot of reports about how the fastball velocity was down. I know he was in the mid-90s when he was coming up through the system in Houston. So I expected like, okay, it'll be 92, 93. It's 89, 90. I mean, and with not a whole lot of movement either. And it just makes me think, I just, I don't know. This guy doesn't look like a major league pitcher to me. And that wouldn't be a problem because like last year when my struggled a lot, he didn't necessarily look like a major league pitcher, but I knew he had major league stuff. 
Franklin Perez, to me, doesn't look like he has major league stuff. Like, even out of the bullpen, I don't know if he's going to be an answer here. Now, of course, the first thing you got to do is just get him through a minor league season and see if he can remain healthy. Then, see if you can do something with him. Maybe move him to the pen. That might be his calling because a flat 87-mile-per-hour heater in spring training isn't going to win over many fans. And I, I understand that. And again, I feel sorry for him. It's not his fault, the injuries, but uh, it's it's the way things are, sadly. Uh, just a, a, the key piece of what is an all-time disastrous trade, the Justin Verlander deal. Uh, that'll do it for segment number one. When I come back, I'm going to talk a little bit more news, maybe do a little editorial piece. Who knows? We'll be back here in a minute. See you soon. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Betting on the Tigers doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back, everybody, for segment number two here on Tuesday. Also, one note that I forgot to bring up in segment number two. Tomorrow, I will be doing a crossover podcast with the boys over at Locked on White Sox. That one's going to be really fun. I've been following the White Sox closely over the last several years. They had a strange, somewhat tumultuous, somewhat successful, fairly controversial offseason. So we're going to be talking about all of that. I know at least one of them is a big Illinois Fighting Illini fan. I, have, I of course, am a Michigan Wolverine fan, so we may have a little bit of fun uh, talking about that as well. But moving on, I want to do another one of my little editorial pieces because there's not a whole lot of news to talk about, just being real with you today. And I wanted to raise the question that has been raised a while now, but I'm going to I'm going to s- simplify it and make it solely about the Tigers because for the last several years with Detroit sports being in the toilet, a lot of people have asked who's going to be the next face of Detroit sports. A lot of people say Dylan Larkin. A lot of people say we haven't seen him yet. It'll be whoever the Lions draft as a quarterback, probably in this draft, hopefully in this draft. But I'm just gonna make I'm just gonna talk about the Tigers here. Because in the 80s, it was very clear you could pick a few, but I think it was pretty clear that it was Trammel. I mean Trammel was obviously long tenured Tiger now in the Hall of Fame. You know, you could say Gibby, you could say Whitaker, you could say Morris, but I think in general, in terms of how he gave back to the community of Detroit, how he conducted himself, you know, it, it's being a face of a franchise is not just all about performance. It's not. It, it's it's about personal conduct. Not to say that the other guys weren't, you know, gentlemen themselves. I've never 
met him, but everyone liked Alan Trammell. Everybody still likes Alan Trammell. He was the guy in the 80s. He was really the guy for a large part of the 90s. I mean, the team was so bad that he was kind of the last kind of vestige of what was a pretty proud era of Tigers baseball. So he became the face for a majority of the 90s. And then they went a while where they didn't have a face. And I think of the many reasons why this team lost such a generation, lost an entire generation of fans from 87 to 2006, obviously because the teams were terrible. But if you have terrible teams, but have superstar players or one or two really good players, then like it can carry you. Like there was a decade there where the Pistons were far and away the least interesting team in the city because they had zero stars. Now, they didn't get good by any means, but they got substantially more interesting for several years there because Blake Griffin was there and Blake Griffin was a star. He is now gone and they're rebuilding uh, 10 years later than they should have, but Troy Weaver and company are officially rebuilding there. And then, of course, in the 2000s, you could take your pick. Many people would say that over the last decade plus, it's been Miguel Cabrera. In terms of on-field performance, it's been Miguel Cabrera. I would argue that Justin Verlander, to me, was like this generation's Mr. Tiger. Now, of course, the best player on the team was Miguel Cabrera, but you're talking about a guy just in the press. He became a celebrity. I mean, he was more than just the face of a team, and for that reason, I feel like he kind of takes that mantle as, as Mr. Tiger of this generation, you know, going on Conan dating and eventually marrying a supermodel, throwing 100 miles per hour in the ninth inning. The guy was const- always the first guy to be interviewed by FSD, a ton of charisma. Like, there is another world out there where, where Justin Verlander probably would have been an actor or a movie star. So who's it going to be for this day and age? Well, you have a few options, right? Assuming, of course, things go well. You have the lineup of pitchers. You have Mize. You have Manning. You have Scooball. I don't think it'll be any one of those. And again, I believe that they're all going to be either great and or just flat out serviceable pitchers at the major league level. But there is a certain element to being marketable that matters. Like you got to have a fairly good personality. It's the reason why Shaq is on every ad. Shaq is a huge personality. Magic Johnson is a huge personality. Patrick Mahomes, LeBron James. Fernando Tatis, if MLB knew how to market them, have you know great personalities. They 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 have a strong presence. I don't see that from any one of the pitchers coming up through the system. And by the way, it needs to be noted, they don't have to. It's it's an added bonus if you're marketable, but they don't have to be marketable at all. We want them to pitch good baseball. What they do in their personal lives, how they go about marketing themselves, it doesn't matter. This is just fun and games. I think the two choices in terms of who the next face of Detroit Tigers baseball is going to be, it's between Torkelson and Riley Green. I think you're talking about two guys with you know alpha male personalities, highly touted draft picks, a ton of talent. I would lean towards Riley Green being the guy. For one, I think his ceiling is a little bit higher, but just I, I've talked about both their mental makeup, but R- Riley Green especially, considering he is, I believe, a few years younger than Spencer Torkelson, is is very impressive in how he talks about the Tigers, both the current iteration of this organization, as well as the past of the Detroit Tigers. He's very aware of what's gone down here. He's very aware of what he has to do, of where he's trying to get this organization to, and having that kind of self-awareness, I think, helps a lot of people. It makes the, these players feel a little bit more relatable to us, the, the common man, the fan. 
you know, we'll never have another Miggy here. We won't. And, and I know the expectations for a lot of these guys is so high. It's They're high for me. I want them to be really successful and great, but Miguel Cabrera is a once-in-a-lifetime player who did once-in-a-lifetime things. Obviously, he's well past his prime, but is still one of the greatest hitters who's ever lived. We're never going to have another one like that. I don't think we're ever going to have another one like Verlander. I mean, just an innings eater with just this unbelievable dynamic stuff. And, you know, I said that he's the Mr. Tiger of this generation, which is true, and it would make you think, okay, he was kind of like the Al Kaline of this generation. But to me, he was more, and this is kind of a strange comparison, maybe, but I don't think so. He was more like the Joe DiMaggio of this generation in a weird way. I mean, he was one of the rare baseball players because I feel like NFL players and NBA players in today's day and age are more likely to kind of transcend their sport and become actual celebrities. Like, let's be real, um, more, most people nowadays know Shaquille O'Neal through icy hot ads and ads on the general than they did, you know, watching him playing basketball. It's very rare that a baseball player, especially in today's day and age, you know, transcends where he, his profession and becomes a celebrity uh, in his own right. And Verlander was able to do that. We're probably never going to have another one like that, but that doesn't mean this organization can't have a face. The team being terrible, nothing has come, nothing good has come out of that, but I, I've I've also contended that over the last several years, like with the Padres, when the Padres were bad in 2019, I always argued the Tigers have it worse than anybody because you have Fernando Tatis. That's a reason to come to the ballpark. The Cubs, when they were bad, you know, they still had Anthony Rizzo, who's become a fan favorite and, and just a, a favorite all throughout baseball. He's one of the most iconic Chicago Cubs of all time, and that's really saying something. This team has not had that guy. It's like, it's still Miggy, honestly. And, and Tony Paul tweeted something about this. I might have talked about it at some point that he makes the point that Miguel Cabrera is probably still earning every penny of that contract because in terms of fan interest, he's the only noticeable face, only noticeable name in the entire organization right now. Now, we hope that changes here really soon. So, yeah, you can book it March 16th, 2021. I think Riley Green is going to be the face of the Detroit Tigers. Will he be the face of Detroit sports? That's conversation for another day, but I believe he will be the guy going forward here that a lot of fans are going to buy into. A lot of fans are going to buy his jersey and go to the games to watch this kid play. My expectations are him for sky high, are, are sky high. I hope he lives up to him. All right, we will be back in just a second. In just a second. Can't talk right now for our final segment of the day. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is best. It is Built Bar madness. Today's matchup is peanut butter brownie versus coconut almond. I'm a big peanut butter brownie guy. I'm going with the the PBB to win this one. Come back tomorrow to find out who won today's matchup. Go to builtbar.com or at built underscore bar on Twitter. Remember to use that promo code locked on 15 to get 15% off your next order. That is locked on 
15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back tomorrow and see who won. As I mentioned earlier, don't forget that Wednesday is Division Crossover Day across the Lockdown MLB Network. Our podcast will be crossing over with Locked on White Sox. Tune in Wednesday for a special crossover edition of Locked on Tigers and check out another crossover show in our division to start scouting the competition. And we're back for the final segment of today's show. I didn't get around to talking about this, but a lot of people were, and I should have. I should have discussed it. It has been over a year now, a little bit over a year since the world was completely turned upside down and COVID shut everything down. I guess to just kind of walk people through what I was personally going through at the time because it's really all I can do. I, much like many other people, I think were incredibly naive to this whole scenario. I think we were naive to how all this was going to go. And when it was announced that baseball was going to be shutting things down for two weeks, I was still under the belief that this they were still going to play a full 162-game season and that pretty soon life was eventually going to go back to normal, and it never did. It still hasn't. It, may, it never will, probably. I mean, we will remember in the way that people remember the United States pre-9-11 to post-9-11. We will remember uh, our current world from pre-COVID to post-COVID. Things will change. Industries will change. I mean, I, I don't see myself ever having to go to the movie theaters to watch movies anymore. Everything's going on streaming. So much has changed over the last year. And the shows that I did during those months were incredibly frustrating and incredibly painful. And I never, maybe I never processed it because usually when I process things, I end up breaking down. And I never broke down, but I was so frustrated by everything that was going on. I was so frustrated by the fact that baseball, a sport that I loved so much, was obviously not loving its fans back. And only about a month into getting a job hosting a baseball podcast, it was so frustrating that I went you know four or five months, maybe even more, without being able to talk about a baseball game. And obviously, in terms of people who were in, in in pain or people who were burdened by this whole thing. I'm very far down on the list. I understand so many people, especially healthcare workers had it so much worse off than I did during this whole thing. I understand that, but I think I think it's important to understand the gravity of what went down that people tell their own individual stories about their own struggles and and within the last year so many things have taken a hit. My my love for baseball took a hit. I, I was open about that. I said everything that went down because of how it went down, uh, I love the sport of baseball a little bit less. My my mental health took a hit. You know, a year ago I was uh, tweeting every day and interacting with with my followers on Twitter. I I've sent like two tweets in in three four months, and I'll come back to posting videos, but I'll never return to the capacity that that I was at you know a, a year ago at this time. I I think that unfortunately this whole pandemic. While we would love to believe that it made so many of us uh, a lot closer, I think it's divided people. And I've I've done what I can with what I do and the platform that I've been given here 
to bring people in and to bring people together and to talk about something in baseball that unites so many people. And there was, I got a lot of negative reviews for a while there where people were frustrated or angry at me for talking about things that weren't baseball related. And I I have since ceased talking about those things because I get it. In 2020, now 2021 especially, there is something to be said about escape. You're not a bad person for admitting that the current climate is extremely exhausting and and I'm going to continue doing the best I can to bring you the best product I can. There were times, truly, there was a time in which I was openly considering not returning to this. And there, honestly, I remember saying, if baseball doesn't play a season, I don't know if I can do this. I want to do this. I love Locked On. It has nothing to do with the people. It had nothing to do with the audience. It had to do with the sport because I was going to have a really hard time promoting a sport and talking about a sport that didn't couldn't even play a season and they they should have played a lot more than 60 games last year it never felt real it never felt real to me the only reason I acknowledge the Dodgers being world champions is because they got screwed over in 2017 so it's kind of everything even evening out and water finding its level but other than that I, I was incredibly disappointed with the way the last year went in baseball and like many other people I was incredibly disappointed with the the world with with the general climate it was exhausting and it's continued to be exhausting but as long as you're listening to this uh, I can promise you that I'm going to keep trying to stay somewhat positive about life as difficult as it may be I'm going to try try to do the best I can to be funny and informative on here and I appreciate all of you sticking with me and listening I I'm still doing the best I can as difficult as the last 12 months have been I appreciate you so that will do it for today's show you can follow me on twitter at castellani 2014 you can follow the show on twitter at locked on tigers while you're at it go to apple podcast go to itunes leave a written positive five-star review of this program it would be much much appreciated i'll be right back here tomorrow with that crossover episode with the guys from lockdown white Sox. so i appreciate all of you sticking with me i'll be right back here tomorrow have a great rest of your day and go tigers